Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking with Dr. Edward Morgan with the Orthopedic Clinic with Willis-Knighton Medical Center. We're talking about arthritis and it involving the knee and the hip. And we'll be taking your calls throughout the show. As a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your television turned down all the way so you can hear us and we can hear you. The number to call is 318-219-4569. And uh, you'll see that scrolling around the bottom of your screen as we go on throughout the show. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Morgan. Thank you very much for having me. Let's go ahead and talk about what we were talking about at the break, just in case someone missed that. Mm -hmm. When someone finds out they have arthritis in their knee or their hip, what does that mean and what is arthritis actually? Uh, like we talked about, in, when you have two bones of the uh, body that move against each other in a joint, uh, the body puts this specialized layer of cartilage. It's about a quarter to uh, an eighth inch thick, uh, and it's glass smooth, durable, uh, firm. As the knee moves with that cartilage, with a little joint fluid, there's almost no friction in the joint. No matter how much you load that joint, there's almost no friction as it moves. What happens over time is you, you uh, erode that cartilage, damage that cartilage, lose that cartilage for uh, different reasons. This kind of is a, is a picture. Do you, uh, do you have one of those visuals you were talking Would you like to show the graphic? We do the have graphic? a graphic. Uh -huh. Yeah, we can pull that up and you'd like to tell us what that's about. There you go. That. Okay, this is the knee, and if you look at the picture of the knee, it's that white, uh, smooth lining that's bonded to the end of the femur. Okay. That same lining is bonded to the top of the tibia. And that is a very specialized type cartilage that uh, allows the knee joint to move with no friction, no irritation. Uh, same cartilage you have in the hip. Uh, damage to that cartilage is what arthritis is. As it wears, as it becomes damaged for different reasons, you start to lose that lining, and that's what arthritis is. So arthritis is more of a loss of something in your knee. It's not something you have in your knee, something to be taken out of the knee. Uh, think of it like losing the tread of your tire. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, that cartilage lining, as we talked about, is a once-in-a-lifetime lining. You're born with it. The body cannot fix it. They can't replace it. They can't fill it in. So any damage to the cartilage uh, is permanent. And uh, there, there are some techniques we have now in young people with healthy joints, with good cartilage, that may have knocked off a piece like a divot in a uh, uh, golf course. But for arthritis, which is a more global damage to the joint, there is no known way of bringing that cartilage back. Okay, wow. That's really a good, I'm very visual, so when you put it mm -hmm. that way, I can see that. So do you want to hold that up again? Is this one, these some of the models that you bring, you want to hold it up like mm -hmm. pretty close up to you? Or and then uh, your chest, here so. in the picture it was white. Here it's uh, kind of a blue color, but it's this cartilage lining that's bonded to the end of the bone. It's bonded to the top of the tibia, and it's loss and erosion, as you can kind of see through these uh, different uh, models that that is what defines arthritis. Okay, and these are actually so we'll be talking and zeroing on some of these as we talk, but these are some of the models you actually have in your office, right? When someone comes, they yes. can really look at you. These are actually, you brought them with you. So you it. can really show someone what is going on inside their knee or their hip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. And there's different types of arthritis that we have. Yes, what uh, are those? The, uh, there's three main types. All arthritis is damage or loss of the cartilage one way or another and the different types of arthritis are just the different ways we lose it. Uh, mm -hmm. The most common is what we call osteoarthritis, it's wear and tear. It's where over the years with uh, daily activities, the pounding that goes on, you just gradually just wear through it like you'd wear through the tread of your tire. Now that cartilage is pretty tough and pretty durable. 
So usually that type of arthritis doesn't happen in people uh, until their late 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, if you damage the cartilage though, if you damage the support structures around the knee, you can accelerate that wear with the uh, high-level competitive athletics we have, with trauma of any type, car wrecks, anything that would damage the structure of the knee or the knee joint, that wear can happen more, uh, more rapidly. And we start to, we're starting to see this kind of condition in younger and younger people as a result of that. Mm. Uh, another uh, type of arthritis that's very common is what we call an inflammatory arthritis. Has nothing to do with wear and tear, nothing to do with damage, it's for reasons we really don't understand. Your immune system, for some reason, thinks that the cartilage or the, some of the structures in the knee shouldn't be there. Okay. And your immune system actually attacks the joint and those structures in the knee just like it would attack an infection uh, with the redness, the, the, the swelling, the pain. Uh, this type of arthritis is kind of critical if we, we want to pick this up early. Uh, since it's not a damage, it's not a wear and tear to the joint, it's your immune system attacking the joint and eventually dissolving and damaging the cartilage. If we pick it up early enough, there are medications out now, they usually call the biologics. You know, a lot of them are advertised on TV, uh, Embryl, Rumicade, mm. uh, <laughs> but they, they tend to block the immune's attack of the joint or, or mitigate that attack. So if we pick it up early enough before that damage occurs, we can hopefully prevent that damage. And that's the preview of the rheumatologist. Okay. Third type is what we call crystalline arthritis. It's where you develop crystals in your joint. Think of it like sand in, in a transmission or sand in your joint. Uh, and that kind of causes the inflammation, red, hot, swollen joint, and, and gradually mm -hmm. erodes the cartilage. Most common type of that is gout. And I think most people are familiar with that. Right. There are other type of crystals that form, but it's all kind of similar to gout. Okay, so um, that was a great overview of the different types. So if someone's watching right now and they're thinking, oh, I wonder if I have arthritis, what are some of the symptoms? Can we go over that? Well, the, the main symptom, what brings patients into our office the most is pain. Pain. Yeah. Basically, when you have damage to that joint lining cartilage, whether it's mechanical damage or erosion or the, your immune system attacking it, it hurts. Uh, the joint usually becomes swollen. You normally have a little joint fluid in all your joints, a lubricating fluid, keeps you from squeaking when you walk. Uh, <laughs> when the joint becomes inflamed, the body puts a great deal more fluid in there, and it can fill up like a water balloon. Oh. It's more uh, noticeable in the knee, because the knee is a much more superficial joint, but uh, it happens in the hip as well. So you get this swollen, boggy, painful joint that hurts when it moves. Uh, the uh, other thing that can happen uh, as far as symptoms is you can get a deformity in the joint. Oh. As the cartilage, particularly in the knee joint, as you start to lose the cartilage, it doesn't necessarily collapse symmetrically. And you'll get the inner side going faster than the outer side, or the outer side going faster than the inner side. In osteoarthritis, wear and tear arthritis, you tend to lose the inner side of the cartilage faster. So people get more and more bow-legged. Look like they've been watching too many John Wayne movies. <laughs> in the inflammatory arthritis, they lose the outer side. So what happens? They become more and more knock kneed, and it can it progresses as it goes. It can get so severe that people's knees knock together when they uh, try and walk. The bottom line of all this is it affects their mobility, right. their ability to get out and around, to do the things they enjoy to do, to play golf, to go visit family and friends, and that's where it really affects their life. Okay, and that's really. Um, it and the pain is going to be right in the joint. That's where you're going to see it. That's in, where you're going to feel arthritis, it. In arthritis, it's localized to the joint. Right. Pain that's running up and down your leg, that has numbness or tingling, 
that's going from the thigh to your calf or your ankle, that's usually something else. We look at something else. The, the arthritic pain is generally in the joint. So. Okay. Okay, I'm going to start off with a question that we hear a lot. I've heard mm -hmm. a lot. So this is kind of like bust one of those myths mm -hmm. where you hear like sometimes you have an injury or something and then someone will say, well, I got hurt and it's, I, now I have arthritis at the site of that injury. Is that true? Can that happen? Well, it, it can for one of the reasons we, we talked about a little earlier. I mean, an injury doesn't, okay, now I've got arthritis in my knee. Right. Because the arthritis, like we talked about, is, is a damage to that lining. Now, you can injure the knee, and we see this in a lot of uh, like football players, for instance, that someone just blindsides them. Well, that trauma that tears the tissues in the knee can also knock off a piece of that cartilage. Mm. Now, fortunately, there's a lot of new technology to try and regenerate some of that cartilage. We can't regenerate the original cartilage, but we can regenerate other versions of it called fibrocartilage. But that only works in somebody young with normal cartilage all the way around, not okay. necessarily with arthritis. But if that's neglected and they have a divot, say, in their uh, cartilage, then over time, that divot leads to the accelerated wear and then leads to the arthritic involvement. Also, if you have uh, instability, if your knees uh, moves in an, a natural passion, you don't have the stability, then that, that abnormal twist or turn of the knee joint as you walk, you kind of erase the cartilage, like you take a pencil eraser and rub it on, uh, or rub it on a paper. Right. So that injuries can accelerate the development of, of arthritis down the road, but it's not like, oop, I caught it. Right. You know, it's aware. It's a right. That makes much more sense. So it's not definitely every injury, but the injury can create the conditions that you've described right. which lead to arthritis. So, okay. So how is arthritis diagnosed? <coughs> the, uh, the, when someone comes to the office, the first thing everybody complains of in the office is pain. It hurts. Either the mechanical irritation, the grinding of the uh, rough surfaces against each other or the immune system uh, causing that, but the, uh, the knee hurts or the hip hurts. Uh, it hurts when they stand, hurts when they walk, it decreases their mobility. Uh, you'll get the swelling of the knee joint. When we look at it, we can see this particularly in the knee that's more superficial. So we can examine, it's tender, it hurts when we press on it. It hurts when we move it. Generally, there's always a loss of motion with arthritis. In mm -hmm. the knee, it's a loss of extension and flexion. People can't straighten the knee out all the way. They have trouble bending the knee. In the hip, the first thing you lose is uh, rotation. Uh, where you notice that most is trying to get out of a car. You can't swing your leg and get out of the car anymore. It hurts when you try and do that. Um, the, uh, the biggest problem with all of this is the, the loss of mobility. People find themselves giving up things that they normally do. They become much less active. And as they become that much less active, it, it affects a lot of other things in their health as well. True, and that's some of the things that we talk about too, how challenging can be. What are some mm -hmm. of the other challenges besides the things that you just mentioned to someone who has arthritis in their hip or knee, just daily challenges? Well, the, the uh, I mean, again, pain is a big challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, at first, it's pain with activity when they're standing and walking. Uh, that reduces their mobility and they're giving up things. Chronic pain will set in. As it becomes worse, there's pain at rest when you're not doing anything. There's pain at night that wakes you up from sleep. Chronic pain is a tough thing to deal with. I mean, it can, it can change your personality. Uh, the loss of motion limits normal daily activities, getting out of a chair, stepping up a step, getting off of a toilet, which is a low seat, uh, getting in and out of a car, trying to get to the store. Uh, all those kind of things can become much more of a, of a chore. As it hurts, you lose motion in the knee joint, you become fatigued much easily. It's a lot more effort to get around, and people find themselves just worn out mm -hmm. through the end of the day. 
okay. and lose a lot of enjoyment. And it's that mobility uh, loss that really causes a lot of problems. Yeah, that enjoyment of life. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have Ed on the line. Hi, Ed. Thank you for calling. What's your question for Dr. Morgan? How you doing? I recently just had um, to replace the surgery. I think I got it. Can you hear? And everything is going fine with me. Ed, if you... My question you, is... Okay, go ahead. What's your question? What's your, okay. How long um, uh, will I have to... Um, I'm, I'm afraid it wrong. How long does that generally last? Is there a time period or the call to a person to help? Is your question, how long does the, the knee replacement last? Or the hip no, replacement? Hip. I, had hip. I just a hip? had hip replacement. Actually, mm -hmm. I, I was going to say a hip replacement is one of the most successful operations done around the world. Uh, one of the yeah, most yeah, successful yeah. that uh, Medicare uh, uh, follows. With the, the bearing services, the new services we have now, uh, I can give you statistics. The survival rate at 10 years is 97%. So 97% of the people 10 years down the road are doing great. At 15 years, it's about 93%. Uh, about 20 to 25 years down the road, 80% of the people are still doing well. Now, one of the problems with those statistics is what we're doing now we think is vastly superior to what we were doing just five or 10 years ago. So if you're comparing mm -hmm. the results to someone done 25 years ago, we think what we're doing today or in the past 10 years, whenever you've had this done, is going to last much, much better. But basically, the, the longevity is extremely good. And I'm still in therapy this time, and things are going, going extremely well. And therapy is a very, very important part of any rehab, either hip or knee. While we're giving you the joint surface back, you have to rehab it. You're a lot like an athlete that uh, injures the knee, that has surgery. Next time you see them, they're in rehab. They're working the motion back in the knee. They're trying to get their strength back. So the rehab is almost a 50-50 part of this. The surgery is half of it. The rehab and you getting the motion, strength, coordination back is part of it. So being in rehab is a good thing. I, I applaud that very much. I'm not going to hold you, but just as you said, getting in out of bed and getting in out of car, it was terrible. It is. It, it changes almost everything you do. And you start to give up things mm -hmm. in your life that you really enjoy and things you should be doing. Uh, so getting your life back is a big part of this. Oh, and I thank you very much. Thank you so much for calling, Ed. Good luck to you. And, and Dr. Uh, Morgan, uh, and tell me, Dr. Morgan, how is, how else, so there's, there's, tell us what we do the non-operative way first, and then, and then how you know it's time to go into, when things aren't really working and it's time to go into surgery. Well, this is a gradual, progressive thing. That right. So early on in the treatment, the, the main treatment, since we can't cure arthritis, is to control the inflammation and pain and keep the mobility up. Uh, early on, uh, over-the-counter anti-inflammatory medicines, Advil, Aleve, ibuprofen, Tylenol, seems to work very, very well. Uh, as you progress, uh, we move to prescription uh, anti-inflammatory medicines, which works a little bit better. Physical therapy is a big part of that. Uh, the stronger the muscles are around the joints, the more they act as a shock absorber and protect the joints against trauma. Uh, they also keep, uh, try to keep the motion, the mobility, the flexibility of the tissues. Uh, they can also help with balance and, and your ability to, yeah. to, to keep walking. Uh, 
progressing from there. We have injections that we use. Steroid injections are, are helpful. There's a lubricant injection that we use. Some people call it the rooster comb shot or the chicken shot. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's a lubrication that's put into the joint. It does not bring cartilage back. But it's kind of like putting heavy grease in a worn transmission. Right. Some transmissions go down the road, some don't. Okay. Uh, there's uh, some fringe treatments that are done. Uh, these are stem cell injections, uh, uh, mesenchymal cell injections, platelet-rich plasma, uh, uh, concentrates of bone marrow, things that you see advertised, and sometimes are advertised as bringing the, the cartilage back. It doesn't. I mean, there's nothing shown to bring the cartilage back. They're not FDA approved. Uh, they're very expensive, and they're not covered by insurance. They do tend to help with inflammation in the short term, but it's temporary. Okay. I think we have another caller for you right now. Okay. Carolyn, thank you for calling. What's your question for Dr. Morgan? Yeah, Dr. Morgan did my surgery in February of this year, and I'm doing fine with it, but I still have that limp from side to side. And I was asking him, will I ever get back to my normal gait of walking? Uh, yes, I'm glad you're doing well, <laughs> and yeah, you, that limp will go away. Now, there's a lot that goes on with the arthritis. Before we operate on people's joints, they have usually lived with arthritis, and I'm sure you have too, for an extended period of time. So their activity has decreased, a lot of their motion, the things they've done, and their muscles become weaker, uh, their tendons and ligaments become weaker. So after the replacement, part of the recovery is building back that muscle strength, building back that, uh, that coordination. Uh, and that takes a while. There's actual improvement that goes on after a hip or knee replacement well over a year after the surgery as a lot of this coordination, muscle strength, and all returns. But certainly the goal is for you to walk like you did before you had problems. <laughs> does that answer your question? That sure does. I appreciate it, Dr. Morgan. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for calling. And so what is the, um, is there anything else that you want to show us? What about that we were talking about earlier of what an actual hip replacement looks like? A titanium? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, or in, the, in the hip replacement, while in the knee replacement, what would, a lot of people think a knee replacement is uh, we cut off the leg just above the knee, cut off the leg below the knee, and put in a bionic knee. Uh, actually, that's, uh, I don't, the name knee replacement, I'm sure, uh, focuses on that. But the problem in arthritis is the bone is good, the ligaments are good, the capsule, the tendons are all uh, good. The problem is this joint surface that we've lost on the uh, cartilage. Uh, so what we're, when it, the damage becomes extensive enough that uh, the shots and the pills no longer control the discomfort, we fix the problem, we put another joint lining on it. And if you look over here, what we're putting on looks almost identical to the joint lining cartilage, but it's metal and plastic. We can't put the normal, I don't know if you can see that. We can't put the normal cartilage back on, but it's a cap that looks identical almost to the uh, cartilage that's taken off, and we put a new lining on the end of the femur. The top of the tibia is flat, and what we do at this point is put another lining on the top of the tibia. It's a metal base, because metal bonds bone extremely well, and then on the insert is an ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene, kind of a space-age type plastic, although it's not really a plastic, but extremely durable, holds up very well over the years. So we've done a, basically a retread, 
a new lining on the end of the femur, new lining on the top of the tibia. Your muscle, your ligaments, your tendons. In the hip, the hip is a little different in the anatomy. The hip you have a ball that fits into a socket, so it's kind of a ball and socket joint. You lose the cartilage that covers the ball, you lose the cartilage that's inside the socket. With the, with the uh, ball of the hip joint, the ball generally becomes eroded and uh, damaged. Also, for blood supply reasons, trying to resurface the ball just really doesn't work well. So what we do is we come across this narrow area here, the neck, and your bone is hollow, like a chicken bone, if you've ever taken a chicken bone apart. And what we have is this titanium stem that's size millimeter by millimeter, and it fits down inside the hollow portion of the bone. Uh, the upper portion of it is what we call porous. It looks like, it acts like bone. Titanium is inert in the body, and this, this stem actually grows into the center of your bone. It's pressed in very tightly. You can stand and walk on it immediately after the surgery. We have the replacement neck where we cut off here, and then we'll put onto that neck, got a lot of toys here, a replacement ball. And that ball is usually made out of a high-grade ceramic that now fits up into the socket. On the socket side, let me reach way over here. On the socket side, we will put a new lining inside the socket. That new lining in the socket is that same titanium uh, porous uh, metal that the, the body thinks is part of itself. The body grows into it and gives the long-term anchor. On the inside of that shell is that same ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene, the uh, lining that we use in the knee. So that what you have is a new ball that's gliding against the new lining of the, uh, of the socket. And the, the stem, like you, like you can see here, is totally inside the center of the bone. That's incredible. That's a replacement. That's what it looks that's, like. That's what yeah. a replacement looks like. That's <laughs> what it works. And we have people, after it's done, both the knee and the hip, you can stand on it the day we do it. Now, it's surgery. You're on a walker. Uh, the, uh, a lot of people, we do this as a day surgery, send them home. Most people, the most they have to stay is overnight, and they'll go home the next day. Uh, there is therapy. Uh, we do set up physical therapy to come to their house the day after the surgery. Uh, therapy is working on the knee to regain the motion on the hip to just make sure you're stable and solid as you stand and walk. As you go from the walker to a cane to no support at all in this, this rehab process. And no matter what, no matter what age, no matter what, you start out with the walker and then go to a cane and then... Well, when we do it on younger people, there's a stigma with the walker, I think. And yeah. they prefer to use crutches. Crutches. But yes, you go, you okay. go from some support, crutches. walker or crutches, usually to a cane. You're right. We young people would. I'd rather crutches You're than right. a walker. Yeah. I don't want to have a walker. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but either way, you do need some stabilization as you, because it is surgery. This is a major, a major the, deal that you're doing here. This is a, so a major surgery. To really it take is. care of what happened is, the, the, is to stay as stable and balanced as possible while it strengthens into place and your body gets used to feeling like it's, it's got a good, solid, strong joint again. Right. The, the recovery period is temporary. Mm -hmm. uh, now, initially, you're on the walker, you're on the walker or crutches for usually a couple of weeks. Uh, from there, you go to a cane, and most people are off the walker and crutches within two to three weeks. The, uh, you can drive once you're comfortable walking without support. Uh, but there is gradual improvement that goes over time. 
uh, I tell people that we have people that uh, physically can't get up and play golf. Well, after this, they're usually on a driving range somewhere around four weeks after the surgery. Uh, they're playing 18 holes of golf about eight weeks after the surgery. Now, at the end of the 18 holes of golf, they got an ice bag on their knee or an ice bag on their head. Going, oh man, I think I overdid it. Before they can get out, run, uh, play 18 holes of golf like they were 18 with no consequence at all, maybe six months or a year down the road, because there's this gradual improvement as the strength comes back, the flexibility comes back. But people are usually more active than they, they were before surgery within three or four weeks. That is amazing. Okay, we have Patty on the line. Patty, what is your question? You there, Patty? Yes. Yes, I'm here. Uh, I had a knee replacement a year ago, and I'm a little bit worried about the lubrication that you talk about the knee automatically produces because this new knee, it pops a lot, and it makes my hip on the same leg pop a lot, too, with it. And I was just wondering, you know, with the knee replacement, how does that liquid come back into your joints? Well, with the knee replacement, we don't replace the lining of the knee. The, the lining meaning the soft tissue lining, the capsule of the, of the joint. And that capsule still produces the lubricating fluid. It produces lubricating fluid in all of your joints. So the lubrication is there. Now, one of the things particularly that you notice in knee joints is um, you'll notice a little clicking in the knee joint. And that, unfortunately, is, is man's imperfection. Normal cartilage that you have on a knee is actually rubbery, soft and rubbery. Those of you that are deer hunters can take the back of your knife handle when you're cleaning a deer and bounce it like a rubber ball off the back of that cartilage. There's no man-made material that's soft and rubbery and holds up to rubbing wear over time. Everything we make that's soft and rubbery wears, like a pencil eraser or a car tire. If we're going to make something that doesn't wear, it's hard. The harder the better, the more durable it is. Think of the bearings in a jet engine. If you make them out of rubber, you're never getting off the ground. The surfaces that we put onto the knee, let me pull this up here, this metal that goes on the bottom of the knee is one of the hardest metal alloys we know of. Uh, you just about can't scratch it. Uh, it's glass smooth, looks like a mirror when you look at it, has very good wear characteristics. You just about can't wear it out. But it's hard, it's metal. The, that ultra-high molecular polyethylene we're talking about is a very sophisticated structure. It's hit with gamma radiation. It molecularly cross-links that polyethylene. So it's an incredibly durable substance, but it's hard. So you have two hard surfaces. In the knee, with two soft surfaces, let me put this back down. Two soft surfaces hitting against each other. Everybody's knee has a little play to it. And if you have two soft surfaces, you don't notice it. Two hard surfaces will make that tink. So if you're, you're, the knee comes apart and kind of toggles a little bit, you will notice uh, a clicking. Now, there can be clicking from tendons going past the joint. It would be something that you have to look at. But that is one of the drawbacks of a knee replacement is uh, if you shake your leg, you can feel that clicking. I had one patient tell me that she thought it was still there. I just had one patient tell me she thought it was made by a woman that didn't want her husband sneaking in late at night anymore, so she could tell him. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> does that answer your question? Yes. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. I, I love my new knees, but <laughs> I can't get on my knees to garden, but I still have one good one. <laughs> I'll tell you, kneeling down 
If you feel the front of your knee, it is skin and bone. You have no padding there at all. Uh, kneeling is one of the last things that comes back. It takes a while before you're comfortable kneeling. So you need to use some type of a pad to kneel on a knee replacement. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. And thank you so much for calling. <laughs> I love when they call because they're asking questions that I'm sure a lot of our viewers have. That and, and these are questions that, that a lot of people have. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many people... Uh, come back complaining about, hey, what is this click in my knee? Mm -hmm. It's just that we're not good enough to make soft, well-bearing surfaces. Our surfaces are hard. Yeah, and it's so nice, and that's important. Come back and ask you. If, yeah. if you're going, there's no need. You don't, we, don't, we always think that, well, we just have to live with something, or we're just supposed to suffer, or I had this and this is this. Um, come back. There may be something to do. Um, and just like that, that was a great question and a great answer that mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that oh it's never going to be the same you're never going to garden again patty it just means maybe you need some thicker cushion mm -hmm. while you're gardening right now as it strengthens up right and and it is surgery so yeah. I, mean, I would love to say that every surgery goes 100 percent but while the complication rate with this is very low it's not zero so if you have an issue it's best to come in let's look at it if it's nothing to worry about, we'll tell you that and you feel better. If there is something going on, let's pick it up early and treat it. Yeah, definitely. Still treatable. Mm -hmm. Still something you can do. So there's a lot of, this seems very advanced to me, but I know we've talked about there's been advancements, so many advanced technologically with everything. What are some of those? Mm -hmm. you want to talk about those before we wrap things up? Sure. The, uh, in the, the hip, a lot of the advancements have been in this ceramic that we use for the uh, ball and uh, the lining in the socket. In the knee, the, the main crux of the knee is not just putting a new lining, it's getting that balance in the knee. The, so that uh, when you correct the deformity, you correct the alignment, you get the motion back, those ligaments are balanced throughout full range of motion. Uh, we've gone through a lot of things. The latest thing that we're using on this is robotics to try and uh, establish this. The one issue we've had with robotics is that with the robotics to date, their results are no better than what we've had uh, with the conventional instruments. We've got a new robotic uh, instrument coming into Willis-Knighton. Uh, I think it'll be the first one in the state. It measures that range of motion every degree throughout the entire range of motion. So we're excited okay. about that. Very exciting. Well, Dr. Morgan, thank you so much for being here. Thank we you appreciate for it. It's been delightful talking to you. And thank you so much for watching Healthline 3 today. We'll see you next time. Have a good afternoon.